The secret of life, though, is to fall seven times and to get up eight. From the alchemist Paolo Coelho, Michael Jordan missed the winning shot for his team 26 times and lost 300 games. J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter was rejected from 12 publishing houses. Bill Gates was a college dropout and a co-owner of a failed business called Trafodata. Oprah was fired from her first TV job and Walt Disney was fired for lack of imagination. Hi, I'm Claire Tonti and welcome to Just Make The Thing, a podcast for people who want to start a thing and keep on making it. This episode has had a long journey to be made. In fact, it's been an epic series of failures, which is weird because it's always been about failure. Making it has been a battle and I nearly didn't finish it. The first version didn't record and we had to redo. The second recording had faulty sound for some weird reason and in trying to fix it, I managed to delete the source folder and consequently flatlined every audio track for the episode. The literal heart of my show stopped beating. But this ain't called Just Make The Thing For Nothing. Straight after it was deleted, I sat with James to talk it through and this is about midnight. Yeah, that looks like it's recording. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Can I just sob into the microphone? It's an expensive piece of equipment. <laughs> it's actually not that expensive. You can sob into, the, sob into the mic, but not into the the, the Zoom. Okay, I've already broken the screen of that <laughs> yeah, Zoom, yeah. so you'll be really mad at me if I also sob into it. I'm just going to sob into my shoes instead. That's fine. Is that okay? I'm fine with that. I'm so... I've just forced James to jump on the mic with me because I have spent all week battling myself to get this episode of Just Make The Thing made and I finally finished it and I was fixing the audio because there was a real issue with the recording and it sounded really gross and so I spent all this time fixing it. I actually feel like really crying. I had a cry just before. That's ridiculous. It's just a podcast. It was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know that feeling because once a month you come into the room and I'm like, I've lost everything. <laughs> Sometimes it's because I accidentally pulled the cord Sometimes out. it's that. But more often than not, it's something that I've done. Like I've removed a source file or I, I always save two backups now and whenever I don't, one of them goes missing. Yeah. And then I have to redo. I, it's... It's like when you're losing like a, an essay when you're at school or whatever. I know. I remember worst. that feeling. This just feels so much more brutal because I really care about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I just spent so much time putting it together and I combined two older tracks. And then I was trying to get rid of this sound in the audio. So this stupid file, I had no more room on my computer. So I just went and deleted all the download files in my downloads folder, which then consequently deleted all of the source material for the entire episode. And when I looked back at the episode, every track was just a flat line mm. of sadness. Yeah. And deep regret. Like <laughs> like someone like a flat line when somebody's dead. Like in yeah. That- <laughs> yeah. It really was like the heartbeat of my entire podcast. It just I don't know if that's the right pitch. Maybe you could release that <laughs> just <laughs> for 40 minutes. I feel like I could. I should. And then you said to me as I was sobbing and hiding into my hoodie that uh, I should record this because this happens to people. Yes. Right? No, all the time. And this is the time where normally, because in my head, there was a voice in my head just going, 
You suck. You're the worst. Of course, this happened to you. You said that out loud. That was an out loud voice. (laughs) It was. was. But seriously, that's how I feel at the moment that I actually, this voice, I don't even know, and now I sound like I'm schizophrenic, but I had this voice running through my head that was just like, of course, this happened to you. You should never try anything. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't be making this thing anyway. It's no good. You're no good. Crying to your shoes. (laughs) You dummy. You dummy. Yeah, it's real awful. Yeah. It's real awful. But, and the whole, fu- the ironic thing about this episode is it was all about failure and mistakes. <laughs> uh, so I guess I have to remake the whole freaking thing. Yeah, you do. And it's unfortunate, like I said, it happens to me quite often. And what I find is I spend more time, I try not to do any more, stewing over it and trying to fix it. When I'm just like, if I just start now, I can redo this in, it often, it's often quicker and also better the second time you do it, I find. Or maybe that's just me telling myself that. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, this is way better. <laughs> yeah. Just as you saw. Because okay. you've got the, because you've got the outline of it. You've got the structure. And I know you've got files that you go and hunt for and you got to do that kind of stuff, but yeah. you can leave them out or replace them with other stuff and put this in or put this in an LA later episode or whatever. I don't know. I'm never but- putting this anywhere. <laughs> This is me at my lowest point. I've seen you lower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Okay, I'm just pretty low because I'm feeling sick. I'm yeah. feeling sick. I'm cold. Melbourne is freezing. I've had a really like crazy week and I've been trying to get over my own neurosis to bloody make this thing and I'm hit, I've am hit. i hit a wall. I've hit a brick wall of I think this is the time that I always hit in a project where I give up, James. Mm, yeah. Possibly. I think it is. But the difference is now, because you've got people listening, you can't just give up. Frig! Yeah, because you, <laughs> you're accountable now. People will, will call you out on it, which is good. Bloody hell. Yeah. I guess so. Is That's the whole premise of why I drag people into it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It would be pretty... I don't know what the, I don't know what the word is. But it may, well, it would be bad if your <laughs> podcast is all about helping people and then you and doing the thing that you love and making something and then you hit a road bump and then you quit. <laughs> oh god. No, I didn't even think about it like that. <laughs> like that is the ultimate you cannot fail harder than that. <laughs> So I make a thing about just making a thing and I spent the whole time going, just make things, people, and then I just give up. Yeah, I've heard stories of like famous bands and nothing comes to mind where they'll lose entire albums, like movies have been deleted, like it's it's a, like Toy Story 3 was gone and then somebody happened to have it backed up on a home computer, like they lost to that movie. What? That's an excellent yeah. movie. Yeah. But Those imagine how better like how I feel. It, it would have puppets been better toys. if they'd have done it again. It would have been even better, though. I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Of course, James, because that's how you think about that's how it. That works. Yeah. What the? Okay, and I'll finish here because you are busy. But the only other thing that I wanted to say very quickly was that I also realized that my brain is organized in for some things, like our house and our business, but creatively, creatively. It is so disorganized because mm. you went and looked at my computer and you're like, where have you saved this? Yeah, where I couldn't find that? any of the- And I have no central folder, like filing system. I've got like three different folders called just make the thing. And then half of the folders were just like saved in a random downloads thing or recent yeah. work or on the desktop. Like with, everything with, is everywhere. With podcasting and videos and that you need to keep all your files together. 
So every time I make a new video, it's a new folder and it's the same for everyone. It's got pictures, which are where I dump in videos and images and it's got narration or audio and where I put all the, all the, all the audio and music that, that I use. And I, I do that for everything, for everything, for everything that I make. Yeah. So I know exactly where everything is. So if I need an old picture, I can go and get one or, an old, or anything. It's all there. And I, I started off like that as well, just putting stuff anywhere. And some's on the desktop and some's here and there yeah, or whatever. Some's but, up my butt. Yes. <laughs> Why did I say that? I don't know. Funny. But it's, it's a real <laughs> low night for me. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I, I guess coming out of, and now, and now I double back up everything. Yeah. So, because my, as you know, my laptop, um, the battery doesn't work. So I have to keep it plugged in at all times. That is insanity. Yeah. I can't believe that you work for a living on that laptop and you have to have it plugged into the wall at all times. Yes. Unless, uh, for, uh, for all intents and purposes, someone like, I don't know, maybe your beautiful wife could come <laughs> in and accidentally pull the cord out and then all your work is just gone. Yes. Though when you did that the other day, I had backed it up. so it Okay, <laughs> lordy lord. Just bloody sitting over there in your smugness with your <laughs> smug backing up systems. It was still annoying. <laughs> okay, so what we've learned from this is that I need to get some systems. Yeah, but also the perseverance thing, I guess. Two, you've learned two things. Two I things. I guess, yeah. Yeah, but take my own advice. Yeah, take your own advice. Oh, I'm so for obnoxious. Once in your stupid life. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. <laughs> you have been very supportive, I have to say. Thank you. And that's also important. Support. Three lessons. Yeah. Just be like. And mainly like Google searching how to restore things on the laptop. And I didn't understand a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> but you tried. And that was amazing. Okay, I'm just, I think I have to go to bed. Yeah, you, you do. I can't make it tonight, can I? No, you'll be ratchet tomorrow. And we've got a lot of stuff to do. Got to yeah. go to a second birthday. Ugh, <laughs> other dads. <laughs> you can tell them all, though, that as a dad. I'm not telling them anything. Real enjoy I'm going to sit by myself. <laughs> No, I will have. We'll, I got some friends there. You, thank God. You do. You have many friends there. Yeah. You just hate going to anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to be a real joy to hang out with tomorrow. Absolutely. But you know what? I've had a sudden swell of music in my head of trumpets that is like, "Come on, Claire, you can do it." Oh, so it's Pull it's positive. Off your socks. So it's inspirational. It's not just like. <laughs> It's kind of like wah wah, <laughs> like that with like jazz hands. No, it's more like trumpety trump trump. Good. Yeah. So I can I will I will do this. Yeah. This podcast little recording with you, husband, Hello. has helped me to regain my spirit out of my boots and back into my heart where it belongs. Not a metaphor. Into but all the right. sky. <laughs> And I'm tipping out the tears from my shoes and strapping them back on. wearing boots. I'm marching back into my life like a proud and strong woman who will one day make a thing and maybe it released another episode, episode six. I don't know. Actually, I have to say one more thing ironic about this whole free thing. Sure. We did an episode of Failure six months ago, right? Yeah. And that is and that episode we had to re-record because the first version of it I accidentally didn't record. <laughs> and then this one, six months later, we recorded about failure and I stuffed up the recording and so it came all crackly, which is why I had to like do all these things and then I lost all the files. And then I, this happened. So this episode is just like all about failure. Yes. I don't think it'll ever be made. Maybe. James. It's like that movie. I can't remember what it was called. It's, it's like got Johnny one. Depp. But I think Pirates they made, of the Caribbean. No, they made lots of those. 
The man who killed Don Quixote. They've been trying to make that for like 15 years and they're finally making it. Are they? I don't know. I hope not. Is it like the white whale of movies? Yeah. I feel like this podcast is my Moby Dick. Because you know what they did to get it made? They took their boots off and they put the tears <laughs> in or out of them and then it was in the sky or was it? And everything was hey, good and trumpets. you need to be real supportive. I am. It's a, a, Your metaphor is <laughs> catching on. My metaphors are excellent. They're, they're a wonder to behold. Right. Maybe I'll just upload this as a bonus track. I yeah, if you want. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> well, I don't care either. Good. Okay. Onwards. Upwards. To bed. All right. Okay. Thanks, James. No, thank you. <laughs> so long. Sucker. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. So that was me talking to James. And well, it did make me feel better. Now, I want to move on a little bit because this episode was really about Chanel, my wonderful lawyer friend who failed in a massive way about six months ago and picked herself up, dusted herself off and succeeded. So... I want to talk about her. Enough about me being a big old sook. Did you not know what a merkin was? I didn't know. <laughs> I thought it was like, you know how Borat has that mankini thing? Yeah. I thought it was just like a slightly different version of the mankini. <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah, it is a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> but it's all right. I don't know why you would need one, though. Uh, would it be because if you got everything waxed off? And then you decided you wanted hair cold? again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I don't understand it either. Maybe for like a novelty party. like a. Like a <laughs> You're going to say like a novelty toy, like a novelty key ring. <laughs> That's our next merch. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a key ring of your husband and my mum and then a merkin on the key ring. <laughs> That's real bad. You have got real exciting news and you need to tell the story of what happened to you and tell me because I actually don't know what you've decided. You did just ring me out of the blue last week. I did because Gore had gone on a run and he was refusing to answer the phone and I'm like, I have to talk to someone. (laughs) You actually rang me on the way back from the airport. I did. I did. Where are you? Are you in the car? Um, yeah, so basically I have been trying to progress through my current job for the last six months and it has been application after application and if you if you work in government or know what government applications look like, they're like 10 pages long and it is exhausting and I've been to interview after interview and everyone's all smiling and they're like, that's great. We really like your experience and you seem great, but no, we're not going to hide you. <laughs> you got so many rejections. I did. I, I really like, did. Is there something wrong with her? <laughs> no, I wasn't no, thinking that. In all seriousness, I was starting to think, maybe there's something wrong with me. Well, there was that job where you like got shortlisted from this huge list of people mm-hmm. and you were like the second, there were two of you. And, and they checked my referees. Yeah. Both of them. And I was like, oh. Clearly, I'm a shoo I'm in. And then I got a missed phone call from the director of the area. And I was like, sweet. And then he was like, hi, Chanel, just letting you know you're great, but we're not going to lie. Holy crap. Like, come on. And then I had that weird sort of, 
okay, remain positive. And I was just really, really super positive and like just being positive the whole time instead of not really absorbing the information. And then I went to the bathroom and had like a panic attack afterwards. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh. and the failure feeling sets in. <laughs> so it's been very interesting and a test of my resilience over the last six months trying to find jobs that are going to help me with being able to teach yoga at the same time. And I think when you get to a certain level in most jobs, like a certain level of seniority, they um they talk about flexibility in the workplace. Mm. They talk about work life balance. They talk a big game. Yeah, but, but they, they really got no game. They got no game. Zero games. Games. Zero games given. <laughs> that, that makes no sense. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't at all. <laughs> kind of like a merc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So um. So basically what happened was a couple of weeks ago, um, I've got, I've been very lucky in my professional life to collect quite a few excellent friends who have turned into also excellent allies. Now also remember what we were saying about luck the other day yes. and how luck is like the convergence of opportunity and preparation yes. and all that bizarre. Yeah. And I also think, cause I was just reading, um, a bit about a book the other day mm. about how women always say, and people do in general, like, mm. I'm just so lucky I just landed all these great friends because mm. I'm lucky. Mm. But I think part of it is actually, no, you really invest in your friendships and you have yeah. met smart women who who also see in you someone who is awesome and you support your friends. Yes. So well, it's lucky but it's also being awesome. Oh, thanks. Well, in a, in a some, some combination of luck and awesomeness, <laughs> um, one of my friends, um, who I have worked with before sent me an email and said, "Oh, have you seen this position? It's come up. It's a three-month uh, secondment. Um, it's a great hire. It's kind of what you're looking for, and the team's really nice. The work is interesting. What do you think?" And I was like, "Oh, great! Another job I'm going to apply for. That I'm not going to get. Fan friggin' tastic." <laughs> Because at this stage, six months in, after, what, five applications and so many rejections, I was like, there's just no chance. Clearly someone, yeah. someone has it in for me. But um, <laughs> despite my um, sense of pessimism and cynicism, I, I contacted the assistant director and we just had a little bit of a chat and I was very honest. I think probably more honest than I've ever been um, because it wasn't an actual sort of formal interview and I said oh this is these are my this is my skill set this is what I'm looking for um these are my values um and just laid it all out on the table because I feel like at this stage in my life there's no room for being disingenuous mm. um even if it is to secure like you know good yeah. employment I, I don't want to sacrifice my values sake of a job I just don't want to do that yeah and isn't it I think that comes like we were saying about being in the 30s mm. but you do you kind of just don't have time to muck around anymore yeah. you're yeah. like nah I'm not dilly-dallying around I'm not like pussyfooting yes. oh, I've never used that <laughs> word before I just love that face you made like that just came out of my mouth <laughs> I even hate that word I do not know where that it phrase came from it is a bad word <laughs> it's real gross I'm gonna find out its origin and then yeah. I will Post it okay, somewhere excellent. so people can read it. <laughs> anyway, dilly-dallying and filly-fallying yeah. around anymore. I'm yeah. in my 30s, mate. I've got no time. Exactly. There's no time. In all seriousness, yeah. and I pretty much said, if you're looking for somebody with um, like statistical analysis experience, like a statistician or someone that's great at maths, I am not your person. <laughs> Did you really say that? Yeah. I said, if you want someone that's a really hard worker and an all-around public servant and is good at communicating and talking to people, 
and establishing and building relationships. And photocopying. And, and, and photocopying <laughs> and writing in spreadsheets. <laughs> then I can, I can definitely do those things and I'll be willing to work hard for any manager that is willing to give me a little bit of flexibility. And then I sort of talked a little bit about what I'm doing with yoga and yeah, she was all really receptive and, and I was like, that'll be the last conversation I had. <laughs> so like basically until the point where I actually end up in the job, I pretty much feel like it's never going to work. And like, that's why that's kind of my way of I sort of protect myself from getting my hopes up too high. Yeah. So we had the conversation and I was like, yeah, whatever. Look, it's fine. It's great. And I was honest and I feel good about being honest about the situation. And then later in the week, she contacted me. She said, can you come and have a chat to my boss? So we had a chat. And again, I was really honest and I asked some really honest questions. And sometimes I think when you get senior, when you're senior enough, you you are not so much playing it fast and loose with the things that you can and mm. can't say, but you're just a bit more, you're a bit more relaxed about it. Yeah. And sometimes it's it's received well and sometimes not. So in this situation, it was received well, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because unfortunately, even though the public service is a big industry, it's actually also quite small Mm. and people talk. And Mm. so um, I had a chat and again, I was like, nothing's going to come of this. There's no chance. And then two days later, I got another phone call and they were like, we would like to offer you the position. And I was like, what? No, really? Are you sure? <laughs> Who's having me on? <laughs> like, all the shock. So um, we had a bit of the informal conversation and for some bizarre reason, everything in my life seems to happen at around 4.30, quarter to five on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> so 15 minutes before my boss was about to go on annual leave for a week, I was like, can we have a chat? And she was like, you're not leaving me. Are you? <laughs> oh, no. And you were like, I am. I am. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm smoke bombing. I'm sorry. But also, and she's like, no, she's great. And she's amazing. And she's like, no, you have mm. to take the, take the opportunity. You have yeah. to do it. So then she went on leave. And so it sort of things just kind of settled. And um, then the day before she got, we came back to work, which again was a Friday at 4 30 in the mm. afternoon. I got a phone call from a friend and she said, um, how are you placed to potentially help me out with something? And I was like, ah, oh, this is vague. Can you be more specific? And she said, there's a position that's come up. It's a short-term secondment. Um, it's at the simil- a similar grade to what you're looking for and you'll have quite a bit of autonomy and flexibility. And I was like, but I've already accepted a position with someone else. And she said, okay, well, let me see what I can do. And then she came back to me. She's like, what if you could do both jobs? And I was like, what? what? Getting paid getting paid once to do two jobs and she's like no no sequentially so you could do one job and then the other job and I was like what what do you mean and she was like that's what I meant so hang on because the the first job was like a it wasn't a full like a extended contract no no and it's with I mean with government positions often um that you come in to fill a resource gap and then you come in to fill another resource gap and then all of a sudden Mm. they realize there's more work than, than is required so when the short-term positions come up, you need to take them because yeah. like, more often than not will lead to something greater. Yeah. So then I had um, ended up having a chat with um, another person, like another guy, about this second opportunity. And he said, look, let's just see what we can do um, in terms of trying to get you both opportunities in order. Um, and he basically said, if you help us out, we'll help you out. And I, again, was very honest and had the discussion with him about, oh, I'm teaching yoga on Thursday nights and um, I'm hoping to start teaching on Friday mornings. How is that going to work with the 
Um, Can I just say that that is so impressive and brave to say that because I think that that is – and because it's so important to you. It is. It's, it's – I, I don't know if everyone would be able to do that, to be like, you know what, Some, this is something that fills my heart and that is just as important to me as my career. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that that's awesome. I just – I mean, I think, yeah, there is something about candor and honesty, like – it just it's very important to me especially at this age not to be as i said not to be disingenuous mm. and um yeah this is something that's really important to me and i don't want to um as as important as my other job is this is also something that's become quite a significant part of my life so and i don't want to have to i don't feel like i should have to put up after all of that 6 months five rejections from five different jobs she finally managed to get not one, but two jobs that both will take into account her need for flexibility with her yoga teaching one day a week. And they're really interesting and they're a pay rise. And they ended up fighting over her for a week before they settled on a negotiation where she could work both of them. I think that as much as it's an ordinary everyday job situation, it's also a huge life lesson in failure in picking yourself up and dusting yourself off and applying again and again. And then I think the magic about the universe is that it helps you. If you're really hitting rock bottom, if you're failing and you're hitting yourself against a brick wall, you will eventually knock that brick wall down if you keep going. If you pick yourself up by your bootstraps, you will be amazed at the kind of opportunities that come your way. So, there's been a few lessons, I reckon. But isn't this a whole lesson? Okay, I think there's two lessons in all of this. One is that you've bloody been persistent and you've had yes. grit and because a lot of people would have given up at the third rejection. <laughs> Actually, I would have given up at the first rejection, which I have a habit of doing a lot. I just, I'm like, that's too hard. I tried. I tried my hardest one time and it didn't work out. So that's it. I'm done. I'm never trying anything again. That's what I tend to do. Whereas you bloody tried like five times. I really putting, did try five times. Try, and, 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 and you also kept that integrity that you wanted flexibility yeah. and you also Okay, actually, there's three things. The first thing is the persistence. <laughs> the second thing is that you said what you wanted mm. and you put it out there and mm. then you actively pursued it, which kind of sounds like a no-brainer, but is actually really hard it's to do. It's very hard, especially yeah. when money is involved. Mm. I think, um, yeah, it's really hard. As you sort of we'd said, when, you're, when your career starts to take off, you – have opportunities to think and reflect on your values and sometimes you might inadvertently sacrifice those values for the sake of success or fame or money or yeah um, or just a, sta- a stable job or oh, oh for sure yeah or for status sure. or yep all yep. of those things absolutely I, yeah and so I think you've got persistence there you've got um what was the second thing I said? <laughs> I you said I would just put out what I put it out there. Oh yeah, no, wanted. put it out there. Like we were saying, if you put something out there in the universe, you can't go make a cup of tea or some soup. Yep. You've got to like then go and actively pursue it. But yep. I was having a conversation with someone last night at that thirtieth I went to about mm-hmm. this exact thing that if you set it out there and you say what you want and then you work out the steps to get to it yep. and not in just like 
I'd like a new job. I'll write a resume. But like, yeah. I want a new job. I need to update my resume. I need to contact these referees. I then need yeah. to make sure I've got it, run it past my friend who's also in the same recruitment or whatever and, you know, and then have a look at what's out there and put it in the out in the universe. So that's the second thing. And the third thing I think, which is really interesting and what I think starts to come to fruition in your 30s, and I watched a really interesting TED talk on this about 20-somethings. Okay. I don't know if you've watched it and it's about your 20s and the value of your 20s. Okay. And how often people think that your 20s are the time to party and just and kind of throw it away and then your 30s things get real. Yeah, but what right. often happens is, is if people haven't done the work in their 20s and made really great friendships and relationships yep. with people and done things that will add to their career and their life, whether it be travel or whatever, but you've you've actively worked on your career, even if it's like going and volunteering in that place or like studying and finishing those degrees and while yep. you're there making connections. Yep. Um, that becomes a network. And I hate that kind of work. So I'm always like, oh, business sucks and networks. <laughs> oh, that sounds gross. But what I kind of am realizing is it can actually be real and authentic and honest relationships with people, but that's still a network. But it's almost oh, a better sure. network. And then that's where their opportunities often come from, which it sounds like for you that happens. Yeah. So I think for me, like I've been, as I, you know, as we'd said, sort of lucky and awesome um, because I have identified the values that I see and I mm. want for myself in other people and other yeah. friendships and I've worked on maintaining those relationships because they're important to me. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know whether it's sort of a little bit selfish, but I mean, I admire a lot of those people because they use those values to help perpetuate their own success and I would like yeah. that for myself. Um and I, yeah, I mean, those are the those relationships are the things that have helped me progress in my career and have the success mm. that I have. So, I mean, part of it is, I mean, yes, I have worked hard. I certainly, yeah, I did a lot of CVs, a lot of, you know, a lot of times and I sat up to late hours and I had to prepare for interviews and really had to make myself quite vulnerable to people that were firing questions at me. I mean, I know it's, interviews are often a little bit of an artificial environment because you get nervous and you sometimes don't say the things that you'd like to say, but um, it is it is a little bit of a test and sometimes mm. you pass and sometimes you don't pass and mm. that's okay. Um, but, I, but, but I also think part of it is just, yeah, coming to the realisation of this is what I want out of my life, this is what I want my life to look like mm. um, and these are the people in my life that are important to me and I want to, like, cultivate a life that is going to, keep them in it yeah and, and sort of bring me closer so um and, and also and I mean I think I'm just I think I realized like I know I know and I was sort of talked about luck but I also do feel very grateful to them mm. and and the interesting thing I thought was okay so I've I've been really blessed because I've got these amazing friends that have really been in my corner and have been supportive like mm. Um, a lot of the times with these kinds of opportunities, it's, oh, what do you think of this person? Yes, they're good. I would suggest uh, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first thing I thought was, okay, so how do I pay this forward? Yeah. Who can I help now that I've mm. been so for- like I've been so fortunate and I've been helped by someone else? Mm. Who can I help now? Because there, there's nothing more, um, I don't know, nothing more fulfilling, I think, than feeling like you've helped someone 
have an opportunity mm. themselves. Yeah, I'm like nodding my head off my neck. But that to me is exactly what life is all about. Mm. Like if you sit around staring at your own navel and trying to get all the things just for you, A, you end up miserable and B, you often miss opportunities. Mm. And yep. I think when you outreach and when you try and lift up other people with mm. you, when you want to build community and relationships and and you know, look outwardly, exciting things happen yeah. because people yeah. want to work with you. People yeah. respect you and and life's more fun. A big lesson I'm learning is that the voice in my head that says give up or throws a tantrum about things not going to plan needs to just chill out. And for goodness sake, one mistake does not mean anything. It's not a sign from above. It does not mean anything other than that you're making something and mistakes happen. That's my breakthrough, guys. It's mistakes, not the successes, that truly teach you what your thing is really going to be. And it's how we deal with them because there will be lots that determine whether or not we keep on making. Failure is inevitable. It's not scary. It doesn't mean you should stop or that you're not good enough. As J.K. Rowling says, sometimes you need to hit rock bottom because it'll set you free. It's literally just a part of life. It's no biggie. Happens to everyone who makes things. You want to make a thing? Well, good. Get used to failing at it first before you succeed. Okay, so I think we're done, Chanel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're finished. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Keep oh, making the thing. Yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. And I just have to say one more thing. Oh, one last thing. On that note, I have an email I wanted to read to you. Oh, okay. Because we're getting so many emails. Really? So many emails and so many people making great stuff they're sharing. So I'm starting to share them on the Twitter at Make the Thing. Great. Uh, at, yeah. And uh, But this is an email that like I got and then I just sobbed into my shoes oh. the second time around. <laughs> this is from a guy called David and I just wanted to read it to you. So, hello, Claire. I am David, an avid listener of the Weekly Planet, which is James's show. Mm -hmm. After following the show for so long, I've explored the other podcasts and listened to yours. At first, I thought, here we go, a show without much content about being creative, which I don't have trouble doing. However, from the start, your first episode had a quote about being unique and embracing that, and it made me tear up. Oh, I also listened beautiful. to your episode guest starring James and was taken back by the support and faith you have for him. I too, like James, don't like being told what to do. <laughs> Yet listening to your trust in him couldn't be more refreshing. I live a life where I don't hear that as much. When I was 12, my mother passed away after three treatments of chemo. It was hard experiencing someone get sick beyond getting better and not being able to do anything about it. It's also harder losing the love and support of your life. When growing up, I have been the youngest, so I found myself being the runt and the butt of jokes with my family. My father and siblings have also given me more than enough advice in a way to steer me in a direction fitted outside of my best interest, mm -hmm. hence Haiti being told what to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear this until I was 19, but my aunt told me that before passing, my mother said to her, I think David is mature for his age and he knows what he's doing. To see that in a son couldn't be closer to the definition of love. It's that same type of love I since um, I heard when... He um, you spoke to James in your podcast. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, God, I'm going to cry again. <laughs> so I don't listen to your podcast to get up and do a thing. My heart always leads me to doing the right thing. I listen because some of your quotes, your interactions or words tug my heartstrings and say, keep following, don't give up, and everything will be okay. I hope you keep doing the thing because it makes me tear up once in a while. All I'd like to say is thanks for making the thing and for your encouragement.
Oh, that is so beautiful. It's bloody nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, if David, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for your email. Mm. And for all the other people that have emailed, and we do read them, we can't get respond to everybody, but we're trying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just, we've just been blown away by people's responses. So, thanks, guys. Thank you. Now we're just going to have a cup of tea. Maybe cry into our shoes. <laughs> Maybe cry into my shoes, which is not a saying. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Okay. Bye, Chanel. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to a podcast with Claire Twenty and Chanel Luchev and James Clement, Mr. Sunday Movies. Thanks so much for sticking around. Thanks for being patient while I failed and deleted things and almost didn't get this episode up. You can find us at Make The Thing on Twitter or at Just Make The Thing on Facebook. And you can also contact us at Just Make The Thing Pod at gmail.com or contact at planetbcasting.com and you can find more of our episodes at planetbcasting.com as well as lots of other awesome shows from our great mates and just because I thought this episode was all about learning I'm going to finish with a little quote from JK Rowling that I think sums up what I've learned through this episode it is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you fail by default. So keep failing, guys. Eventually you'll succeed. See you next time. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.